Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 318 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. It is Wednesday, October 20th. The Atlanta Braves now hold a 3-1 lead in the NLCS after what I'm going to describe as the Eddie Rosario game or the Eddie Rosario series. One of those two things. At any rate, I am joined by the undefeated Scott Coleman. Hello, how are you? The undefeated. I would like you to announce me as the undefeated Scott Coleman now for like ever. Can we can we work that out? I don't know. It's <laughs> for, the- <laughs> uh, for, for people at home who don't know uh, yes. between Brad, Eric, and I. Um, Brad, of course, usually hosts, and then Eric and I will trade off on these podcasts. Uh, and we we generally schedule them out just so we can make you know real life plans and know who's going to be on call for what game. And uh, so far, folks, I am proud to say that I am now 4-0 and on podcast nights, uh, whereas uh, Eric and I think somebody else who filled in for Eric once is only 2-2. Two and two. So I, I don't want to say I'm the only reason the Braves are winning this postseason, but I am the only reason the Braves are winning this postseason. You're about to get a flood of tweets about how you have to do the rest of the games, so just prepare for that. Um, yeah. No, uh, obviously, we'll get into all of what transpired in Game 4. This is a... Uh, a tense game, despite the fact the Braves led it throughout, uh, and then it finally there's a little bit of a, uh, a sigh of relief after the Eddie Rosario experience continued in the ninth inning with a three-run home run to break the game open in full. Um, but you know storylines abound. Rosario at the top of the list, but Drew Smiley pitching for the first time in 18 days and doing his job very well. The Braves had lost 10 consecutive games at Dodger Stadium. That streak is no more. Um, navigating this game without their plan in place you know I guess we'll go all the way back, back to the beginning here uh Oscar you know was, was supposed to start this game uh and then at about 5 15 eastern so I mean I guess you know almost three hours before the game was actually starting he was scratched with shoulder inflammation and suddenly you have to pivot to Jesse Chavez and Drew Smiley and that obviously worked out very well but I mean Scott before we dive into the to the specifics here what's what's your tenor like clearly yeah. everyone is excited about this win and the Braves now have one went away from the World Series, but, you know, are you elated? Are you uh, terrified still? Like, where's your, <laughs> where's your mindset now? You, you know, I think, look, everybody remembers what happened a year ago, right? That's something that that sticks with you as a fan, as a podcaster, no matter who you are. Uh, it, it's tough to blow a 3-1 lead. And it's worth saying this is not over. And uh, let's all just say a little prayer that this series wraps up sooner than later. Um, so I think naturally we are all a little guarded, right? Uh, but at the same time, as it has felt for a while now, or at least I have felt, this really does feel like a different team. And it has been a different team since the trade deadline. I mean, they have just, again, they, they didn't make any sexy or flashy additions at the deadline, but they add those four outfielders, all of which who have played a huge role in these playoffs so far, Um you would sure hope that they're able to wrap this thing up tomorrow night in Los Angeles. Worst case, even if they can't close it out tomorrow, then they go back home to Atlanta and they have to win one out of two at home. Uh, again, nothing is guaranteed and, and it would be real easy to be a little skeptical that they're going to close this thing out and get to the World Series for the first time since 1999. Uh, but I think there's just so much optimism and, and just so many good things happening with this team right now that it's hard not to get excited and to, to think ahead just a little bit. Oh, of course. I mean, that's, that's natural. You know, I poked fun at myself last night on the show with Eric after the loss and 
it was a brutal one. I mean, I know you got to miss that podcast, but didn't have a whole lot of fun last night. Not that it was Eric's fault or my fault or anything like that, but <laughs> we uh, were not in a great space last night yeah. after what yeah. was a frustrating defeat. And, you know, I always kind of poke fun at the Atlanta sports brain. And I know this is the only team in Atlanta sports, contrary to our, our Hawks jokes about you, you're really only a Braves fan in terms of Atlanta sports stuff. And, you know, this is last night was a very Atlanta sports moment. And my guard's always up for the most part. Uh, at least I try to keep it up. But listen, you go up 3-1 in the NLCS with two games coming back at home if you need them. And the way this team has been rolling for a while now, and it's easy to get excited. And, you know, we're, at least I am. I try to be even keel as much as possible. And, you know, you let yourself get away with it a little bit. It's, and that's fine. That's part of the deal. It's part of sports, and you're, you're supposed to have fun on this stuff. So we'll talk about that at the very end, of, I'm sure, of the podcast again, kind of looking ahead to the, you know, Game 5 and beyond. Hopefully it doesn't have to go beyond that. But um, in the meantime... Let us dive in quickly to what transpired in this game. So, Jesse Chavez does his job at the top with his impromptu start. Uh, we talked, I think you and I, or maybe you, Eric, and somebody talked about this. Uh, Chavez had been their opener down the stretch of the season. He actually had four opening, four opener appearances um, down the stretch of the season and was very good in those starts. He pitched well in this game, uh, one, two, three inning. They uh, ended up hitting for him in the second inning because of the way that it transpired because you actually had back-to-back home runs from Eddie Rosario, there's that man, and Adam Duvall in the second inning to where it made sense to hit for Chavez. I did have to laugh at Johan Camargo being the first guy off the bench for the Braves. Um, the bench is very bad. But, you know, by the time you go to Drew Smiley, who is your bolt guy in this game, it helps to already be leading 2 nothing. And, uh, you know, we didn't know that Rosario was going to keep going crazy the rest of the night. But getting those two runs on the board in the situation where the Braves were at, where, yes, Urias struggled in this game. But coming into the night, I think objectively everyone would have taken Urias versus the Braves bullpen game. Um, And it didn't work out that way, obviously. But to dent him early on and then hand the ball to Smiley with a cushion was probably helpful. It felt really important. And I'm sure the loss yesterday was very fresh in everyone's minds. Um, and I think whenever you, you do let a game get away from you late, especially in a playoff series where every game is going to matter, it did feel really important that the Braves get off to a good start. And as you said, Eddie Rosario, I mean, what in October, who knows where this journey is going to end, but, uh, even if the playoffs were over today, he would be somebody who we would look back on, on this run as just a, a crazy run for a guy who didn't even make his Braves debut until what late August, I think it was. Uh, yeah, again, you don't want to uh, exaggerate two early runs in the second inning, but they ended up being really big. And I think to go back to back against Darius uh, was real big. And, and it, I think it just kind of let, took the edge off a little bit. Dodger Stadium was rocking. Uh, the last thing you wanted was to get into an early hole tonight after, after what happened yesterday. Uh, it, it felt important, and, and I'm glad they were able to get the, you know, the monkey off their back a little bit. Absolutely. And then, like we said, you hand the ball to Smiley at that point. I will say, you know, this is, uh, I've kind of famously been high on Smiley compared to the consensus. Um, he did not look great in that first inning. <laughs> uh, he actually got a 1-2-3 inning, but he was over the plate, and obviously the velocity is not great for him. Duvall, I think, probably robbed a home run. It was at least very close to it. A nice play by him in center field. That um, that batted ball had an 840 expected batting average on StatCast and was hit almost 390 feet. I think it probably would have gone over the fence. If not, it would have gone off the top of the wall if Duvall didn't catch it. But in the uh, in the scorebook, it's a 1-2-3 inning for Drew Smiley hmm. in the second inning. Um, the third inning, 
was like even more cushion and probably helped even more. You know, Freddie Freeman, who's been quite good after the bizarre freakout after eight plate appearances, which I will keep making fun of as long as I can breathe. Um, his third, actually, that was the third home run seven batters for the, for the Braves. It's three nothing at that point in time, and then Rosario once again hits a two out triple to right field. Um, it was kind of misplayed in the corner, but it was definitely a double at least, and it was ruled a triple, I believe. And um, one of the funnier moments of the broadcast of the night was Brian Anderson referring to Eddie Rosario as, quote, one of the fastest players in the big leagues. <laughs> uh, not sure yeah. where he got that one from. That's not a thing. Eddie Rosario is not, like, glacially slow, but not not, not a speedster. Um, also, apparently, when I tweeted this out, I got a lot of, a lot of responses about the same thing. You, maybe you heard this night, and I didn't yesterday. Apparently, the TBS crew called Camargo a, quote, speedy base runner last night. Uh, Camargo is famously one of the slowest players imaginable. Like, Camargo is incredibly slow. Yeah. So, uh, a hot night for Brian Anderson on the mic. Um, <laughs> it's been an interesting broadca- broadcast crew. There was some talk about that tonight. There was. Uh, Ron Darling's, like, public enemy number one for Braves fans. I was seeing that on Twitter. I, don't, I haven't been quite as bothered about that, but uh, people are not thrilled with the broadcast. Which, I, you yeah. know, it is what it is. <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff Francoeur is in a tough spot. I mean, everyone knows he, of course, is a loyal and true Atlanta Brave through and through, and I know he's trying to be impartial. But, yes, it has not been the sharpest of uh, <laughs> broadcasts this last couple nights. I actually think Jeff's been uh, been better on the national stuff than he was during the season. That's that's sort of a sidebar that we can do at another time. But I think he actually has been okay. But you're right. I he wonder has, why. Yeah, he, he, but he, he, has, he has to toe that line. You know, I actually went to high school with Jeff. Like, he's a, he grew up here, uh, is playing for the Braves, and now does Braves games. So, obviously, he has an rooting interest on some level. But, anyway, yeah. Um, I point out the triple not only to highlight Rosario's continued ridiculousness, but after they intentionally walk Adam Duvall, which is an interesting decision, um, Jacques Peterson, RBI single, and it's 4 nothing. Um, and honestly, that felt pretty tidy. And then Smiley looked better, I thought, in the third inning. And then in the fourth, he, came, he comes back out there and gives up, a, gives up a walk finally, but another pretty good inning. So... You know, you let Smiley hit for yourself in the fourth inning. I didn't really mind that. I guess we have uh, we're contractually obligated to stop here and ask uh, what you thought of him hitting for himself in the fourth. I, I didn't mind it, but I, I also could see both sides of that one. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. I mean, this time of year, you of course, if you could wave your magical wand and know exactly when to pull your starting pitcher, of course you you do it. I wrote, uh, I was on uh, recap duties on Talking Chop tonight, and I think my line was, was he was unfortunately left out there an extra few batters. I think he struck out the first batter he faced uh, maybe in the fifth, but then was left out there to face Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger, who promptly had a couple of hits. And then uh, the Dodgers scored their only two runs of the night. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, we've talked and I think everyone knew at some point Drew Smiley was going to be counted on in one of these games. And he was fantastic tonight. Again, it was not sexy. He wasn't, he doesn't blow 95 past anyone. He's not striking out everyone he sees, but he was throwing strikes, which is important. As we have learned, you cannot walk guys in this Dodgers lineup and expect to continually get out of it. Uh, They're going to get hits at some point. Um, And really for him to, to get 10 outs there, cover more than three innings, even though he uh, technically gave up two runs, even though he was not on the mound when they scored, uh, it was more than you could have asked for for Smiley. And, and looking back, if the Braves are able to close out this series, I, I think we'll look back on that that performance from Smiley because if if he isn't able to cover all those innings, who knows where this game goes. So it was some big-time pitching from him, and I'm glad he had a successful night because uh, the Braves really didn't need him. 
Absolutely. You know, once you know is off the board and you replace him with Dylan Lee, who's you know not a not a long man and is not someone who's been on the radar this season for the most part, you kinda only have one bolt guy and it's Drew Smiley, and if he doesn't have it, um, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it would have been kind of ugly at certain points in this game. And you mentioned that, you know, Smiley gets ten outs, does his job very, very nicely. You know, I, I thought really the decision was to whether to have him start the fifth or not. Because once he starts the fifth, it gets an out um, to start things. So that's that's one down. And then gives up a single to Turner, which wasn't like it was like completely smoked. It was the first, first hit of the night. And Bellinger's up next. Like, you kind of have to leave him in for Bellinger. Because Bellinger famously has a massive platoon split. Um, so really the decision is starting the inning or not. Like, once, once, he stay, once he stays in to face Turner, he's not coming out before Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger, Bellinger gets him at that point in time. Then you got then you have to take him out, which is which is the right decision. And then you know, yeah, obviously Martin gives gives up um, the two run single to um, to Pollock. But I mean, all things considered, you got to be thrilled with what Smiley yeah. gave you. Um, if, and, if I told you, sorry, not to cut no, you off, ahead. but if I told you coming into the night that through five innings, Jesse Chavez, Drew <laughs> Smiley, and Chris Martin. We're going to cover the first five innings and only give up two runs. And those two runs really came on a ground ball that just got past Ozzy's diving glove. Uh, you and I <laughs> and everyone else would have taken it uh, 25 times out of 10. So, Oh, you have to. Yes, you absolutely have to. And honestly, we we were pretty positive even last night after the loss. Like, I think Snicker just done a good job in the series. I mean, I'm not... Dave Roberts, I think, has not done a good job for the Dodgers and has been getting yeah. picked on, and I think rightfully so for some moves that he has been making. And I don't really know what their plan is pitching wise, which we'll get into later. <laughs> um, but I, I generally think again, Snicker did a good job tonight, like just yep. handling things. Like you could, you know, pick apart every single move, but I, I really didn't have didn't have a huge problem with anything he did yet again. And there's been some decisions that he's had to make. So kudos to him for uh, navigating the ship. Um, responsibly and, and he's done a good job as well, which kind of plays into that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree. If you guarantee me two runs in five innings on a bullpen on a bullpen game featuring Smiley throwing, you know, getting ten outs, you got to take it. Um, yeah. And the Braves were able to do so at that point in time. Um, looking ahead, you know, nothing really happened in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings in terms of on the scoreboard. There were some weird decisions. You know, Arcia as a pinch hitter is something that I just will never understand. But um, Minter comes in. Uh, they they definitely seem to like Minter starting innings. They don't like to have Minter coming in in the middle of innings, which that made sense. You know, he gets he gets the first inning breezy, like pretty dominant in the sixth. Stays in for the seventh. Gives up a single to Pujols, uh, who is a thousand years old. They actually used Walker Bueller to run at that point, which was funny. Um, but immediately a double play. Justin Turner actually got hurt on that play. I don't know. I haven't seen him the update on him. It looked pretty bad. He might be, he might be done for the series. Yeah, I, th- I think he's done for the seat uh, for he the was, series. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, that was not good. Um, and then they get Bellinger to fly out to the warning track. I mean, I will say, Mitra's second inning was not quite as crisp. He gave up three batted balls in the inning, and they were all over 100 miles an hour off the bat. So a, a bit of good fortune, but still, uh, you get six outs from Minter. You hand it to Matzik, and I want to stop here. Tyler Matzik just keeps pitching every night. Uh, he Tonight he pitched for the fourth time in five nights, and he's now pitched in eight of the nine playoff games at this point. He was great again. I mean, famous last words. I think he has to be unavailable for for game five. I I, I, can't, I mean, I can't see him pitching tomorrow. Maybe he does. I have no idea. Maybe he just has a rubber arm. But he has been fantastic in the playoffs. Uh, Thirteen strikeouts, eight in the third innings. 
Uh, does, does have two earned runs charged to him, but uh, you'll take that all day. I mean, we could credit almost every all, every member of the bullpen, but I think Matzik, if you had to pick one guy in the bullpen in this in this playoff run so far, it's been him that I would circle. Oh, yeah. I mean, that dude, he, he does not have a pulse. He, he just goes out there. His stuff is so nasty. I don't know how you ever hit it with that fastball and then the slider he drops on you. He has been so impressive. The fact that he's been called on basically every single night uh, to carry this team in the bullpen late. Uh, he was money again. He faced the bottom half of the Dodgers order and then got Mookie bets on a ridiculous wipeout slider. Uh, and at that point, it was still 5-2. So you get one runner on and everything starts to get a little nerve-wracking. Um, but yeah, we cannot say enough good things about Matzik and what he's been able to do. And hopefully tomorrow, whether he's available or not, they're not going to necessarily need him uh, and get him just a little bit of a breather. But hey, if they need him again and he's he feels good, then send him back. Yeah, they have the day off after that, of course, if they if they need it. And if they, if they happen to win tomorrow, they'll have uh, several days off before the World Series. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know physically if he'll be able to pitch. He'd be the one guy you might think would not be available tomorrow, but we can come back to that at the end. Um, before we get into the uh, Eddie Rosario um, ridiculousness again with some stats and stuff about his performance, I want to get to a break to hear from our sponsors on the show today. All right, Scott. Uh, the ninth inning was kind to the Braves. Uh, they didn't necessarily, quote-unquote, need it. Um, but right at the outset, you know, it's it's Tony Gonsolin pitching for the Dodgers, and Going back to Dave Roberts, I don't really know what their plan is for Game 5 because, you know, they have to, on paper, it's a bullpen game for them in Game 5 again um, after throwing one already. You know, Gonsolin is, has been a starter and you would think would kind of have been their bolt guy, and but he's pitching in not mop-up duty, but clearly was kind of just out there as a pure reliever in this game. I don't want to know what the plan is there, but the Braves knock him around. Freddie doubles in Dansby, and uh, he walks he walks Ozzy on four pitches. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what Dave Roberts is doing. <laughs> That's sort of the theme of the series, I guess, at this yeah. point in time. Um, but then, of course, Rosario. So we'll spend some time here. Rosario hits a three-run homer to break things wide open, um, and that's what everybody got to ex- exhale a little bit. His numbers are preposterous. So Rosario is nine of his last 12 at the plate with two home runs, a triple, and two walks in the last 14 plate appearances. That is absolutely obscene. Um, for a guy who you mentioned earlier was not even part of the you know, part of the active roster in, until like less than two months ago, basically, he's the first player in playoff history with two different four-hit games in a three-game span. So you know, two, two, three days ago, basically, uh, he had four hits. He has four hits again tonight, um, plus all the power tonight. I mean, two run, two home runs and a triple in the same game. Um, you know, there was talk about the cycle at one point. He was, uh, you know, the entire game basically. He all he needed was a double for the cycle. Um, the cycle is kind of an interesting thing overall, but I, I would prefer two home runs and a triple to, uh, to the cycle. So, oh, yeah, so. I think that's a good trade. Uh, uh, but I mean, he was, I mean, everyone knows this, but it's really truly worth emphasizing. I don't know if he would have been starting if Jorge Soler was available in this series. True. Um, and he's been their best player, which is outrageous. I mean, Freddie's been, Freddie's back and awake after his slow start and, Clearly, Riley's been great the whole the whole season, really, in the whole playoffs. But um, if you isolate this, at least for this series, Rosario has been their guy, and the odds of that were not terribly high, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, Eddie Rosario has been so good that the Dodgers and Dave Roberts are now, like, match-up left-handed pitching 
every time he comes up like he dave roberts brought in a lefty just to face rosario in the seventh or eighth inning tonight like that's how that's how dominant he's been i mean that's stuff that only gets saved for the freddie freemans and the bryce harpers of the world um i mean what else can you say even at five two you you naturally especially after yesterday i think everyone still had their guard up a little bit or i guess it was six to two uh when rosario came up uh, at that point in the ninth but man for him to hit that home run as you said the cycle would have been cool but I, I think the three-run homer will certainly play as well. Uh, that was really the moment, of course, when you could all exhale a little bit. And um, they did still utilize Will Smith in the ninth, but at that point he was more than warmed up. And I think he was the obvious guy to go. Uh, you don't want another Josh Tomlin situation like last <laughs> year. Uh, yeah. That did cross my mind at one point, actually. Um, Lots but, of yeah, I mean, last year in general. What, we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> right. So, I mean, what, what else can you say about Rosario? I mean, the dude – who knows where this journey ends? Hopefully it's the Braves have another five wins left in them. Uh, that would be pretty damn magical. Uh, but even if Eddie Rosario does not get another hit the rest of the way, uh, he will go down in, in Braves postseason legend and uh, just an incredible run the last couple of weeks and, and just a special player. So everyone's already referenced this, so we're not breaking any ground. But uh, last thing on Rosario is that uh, the Braves traded Pablo Sandoval for Eddie Rosario. That, that yeah. actually happened. Uh, Pablo and, Sandoval, who was going to get released probably an hour later. Yeah, I mean, he was cut within a day, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah. So essentially, they acquired Rosario for the price of paying him, which he's making. It was an eight. I think it was eight million this year. Um, and yes, he was he was hurt when it happened, and it was kind of a flyer, but. Um, a weird move when it happened. We just kind of praised it, and we're like, "All right, well, if you get anything from him, that's that's a win because you're giving up basically nothing." You know, apologies to Pablo Sandoval, but he was basically cooked at that point, and everybody saw it. Um, so that there's that portion of this, and uh, you'll appreciate this. By the end of the night tonight, I got multiple unprompted questions on Twitter about whether he was under contract and whether we would resign him and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> what's the plan for Rosario moving forward? I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have the I don't have the bandwidth to think about that right now in the middle of a playoff series. But mm. it kind of does tell you how excited people are. And by the way, he is he is a free agent, so you're gonna have to make a decision on uh, that. Uh, whatever regardless. he wants, yeah, yeah whatever he uh, wants. If uh, if postseason hero Eddie Rosario wants to come back at any price, he can uh, he can name that price. But uh, you mentioned Will Smith. Well, it was a little bit strange to see your closer trotting in uh, with a seven run lead, but you you make the good point there. Like he had already been warming up, um, yeah. and at, at five to two, which is where the ending started, you're obviously bringing him in. At six to two, you're still bringing him in, and he had been pitching. He also hadn't pitched in two days. Like he had two full days off, so it's not a situation where you're where it's like Matzik and he's pitched every night. Um, so yeah, I think it's an obvious thing. You just you just put him in there. It might have been a little bit strange, but he, he gets through that yeah. without uh, incident, and that is your ball game. So here's really, a uh, um, here's just a, a crazy stat, and maybe some folks saw it from Jeff Passan of ESPN. Uh, but of the four outfielders the Braves acquired at the deadline: Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, and Jorge Soler, who of course is not active in this one, but had some important hits in the NLDS. Um, they have 101 combined plate appearances this October, and they are hitting as a group 341 with a 400 on base percentage and a 593 slugging. They have six homers and 21 RBIs in eight games. That is incredible. And then you start to think about who they gave up for those outfielders, and it's even more incredible. I mean, this. 
This was not like they went out and unloaded half of their farm system <laughs> yeah. to get, you know, Joey Gallo and, you know, two other all-stars at the deadline. It's like, yeah, they went all in and now they're trying to win. Uh, they gave up, I mean, no disrespect to the guys they gave up, but they gave up nothing for those four. Pretty much. Um, just a just an absurd stat line. I wanted to make sure we squeeze that in tonight. Oh yeah, no, thanks for doing that, especially at the expense of your nemesis, Jeff Passan. I was uh, I was uh, magnanimous of you to use to use Passan's mm-hmm. stat, but no, uh, I'm glad you said that. I mean, I, I know we've said it a lot, but I know we have some, probably have some new listeners as well in the playoffs, and we talked about this at nauseum almost. But the way that they remade the outfield at the deadline for no cost, basically, is just it remains unbelievable. Uh, the way that Anthopolis pulled that off, so kudos to him. And to do all of this without Solaire, who had been pretty hot and one of the, I mean, he was hitting leadoff for the team and he's been out this entire series and all that stuff. So uh, a pretty impressive turnaround, all things considered. Um, okay, it's it's time to, I guess, look ahead to game five and beyond before we get out of here uh, as we're late into the evening. Um, it's now official. It was already suspected, but now I think it's been announced on both sides. It's Max Fried in game five for the Braves on full rest, as expected. Um, Freed's been very good, of course, this season, and especially down the stretch. Um, and a bullpen game for the Dodgers. Uh, we don't know details on that, but they did not like pull a rabbit out of their hat and just and just decide to start Max Scherzer, as that was like their one move they maybe could have gone to. But apparently, he has a dead arm, um, which is not ideal. Uh, so, on paper, it doesn't get much better than that for the Braves pitching wise. Uh, Freed versus a bullpen game, you know. The same could have, could have been said on the other side today with the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers had Urias, who led the National League in wins. I don't wins, wins don't really matter, but he was he was actually good this season facing a bullpen game. Now it's flipped almost the exact opposite with free versus a bullpen game. Uh, let's just stick to Game Five for now, and then we'll go back to the whole to the whole series. Um, I don't know if the Braves will be favored in Game Five in the betting market, just because the Dodgers um, seem to have a market influence that is very very strong. But I think it'll probably be like a coin flip in Game Five and. Viewed through that prism when you have two games at home coming back, uh, it's nice to have a game five that seems quite winnable on the road. Yeah. Well, and God, let's hope they can. I mean, how big would it be to, to shut out the Dodgers in their home stadium, celebrate on their own field? Uh, we all know how games five, six, and seven went in the NLCS last year. Trust me, it is it is very present in all of our minds. Um, but for a multitude of reasons, being able to close out this series in, in five would be huge. Um, never mind the fact that I think everybody could probably use a breather. Um, you need to shut the door on these Dodgers. You, you cannot let them linger around. We all know what happens when they seemingly get an extra opportunity. Um, it's it's going to be the biggest start of Max Fried's life. Uh, I think you feel good with him on the mound, as you said, and in Las Vegas, the folks who certainly know some things. I would imagine it'll be similar to game one where it was basically a coin flip as to who was going to win. And it was the same setup. Um, although, you know, it's worth noting the Dodgers bullpen is heavily taxed right now. Uh, tonight as uh, Urias was struggling in the middle innings, I think you tweeted uh, that you were surprised that Dave Roberts had not pulled him. And while that's certainly fair. And I think in a vacuum, he would have pulled him. I don't know if, if Roberts felt like he could pull him. That's knowing, probably what it was. Yeah. And knowing very well that uh, he has to cover however many innings tonight and he has to cover nine innings tomorrow night. Um, and then we'll see if it goes to six and seven, of course, I, I don't think, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to know how those games are going to shake out, but yes, this Dodger bullpen has been used very heavily. Um, of course, Max Scherzer only threw four or five innings the other night. Walker Bueller only threw four innings, I think it was. So 
there, there's certainly a lot of pressure on the Dodgers now on their home field. And you just hope that Max Freed, who was good in game one, he did not have his A plus stuff. Uh, but you certainly hope that Max is ready for the moment. And wouldn't it be just an incredible thing to, to close out this series in five and, and then turn your focus to the World Series? Certainly. And, you know, Freed, I agree with you. We talked about it on, on the show after that start, but he wasn't his absolute best in that, in that first outing in this series. But in the playoffs, at two starts, 12 innings, two earned runs, 14 strikeouts, no walks. And the last 11 starts of the, of the regular season, he had a sub-2 ERA. So basically, he's been as good as a pitcher can be for the last 13 starts. Um, it's 13 starts, but we've also seen Free in the past be a ace-level guy as well. So you have every confidence in him on the road even in this spot. And uh, the Dodgers, I, I totally – it's worth pointing out, but – you know that the bullpen questions there, they do have a lot of depth. They have some guys who, um, you, you kind of can't believe are in the roles they're in coming into this series. Like Tony Gonsolin would be like the fourth starter for a lot of teams, or third starter for a lot of teams, and he's like their, you know, sixth reliever or something, something absurd. Hmm. But yeah. it's true that they are very taxed right now, and I don't, I don't know what Roberts is planning. I don't know what options they think they have in this spot, but uh, it's not exactly the great setup for the Dodgers, which is hmm. obviously good news for the Braves. Um, We've kind of talked around it um, last year versus this year. We're not going to go full doomsday. We're not going to do that. Um, I thought it was interesting, and this is actually what I think it was Christopher Crawford of, I believe, uh, Roto World or one of those sites that I follow, um, was tweeting about this. But it's kind of eerie how similar the first four games are to last year's first four games in the NLCS. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it, but yes. Uh, the Braves win the first two last year. Uh, uh. The, Dodgers, the Dodgers win game three last year. The Braves win game four. Uh, it wasn't quite exactly the same because last year it was a blowout loss in Game Three. If you remember, they lost by I think it was like fifteen to three. Yeah, that um, was the Kyle Wright start from yeah, hell. Yeah, blow up. Um, and this year it was more of an excruciating loss. Obviously, they blew the lead last night. And then Game Four uh, last year was also a bullpen game for the Braves. That was the Bryce Wilson game, um, which was famous and that was the best start of his career by far. Um, and then you get into like you know what happened from there. And we're not predicting that by any means. One difference I think is obviously very important here uh, is that the Braves have two games at home and last year it was all neutral field. Um, that's one thing. And number two, and I think probably the bigger one is that the Braves have freed Morton Anderson lined up for five, for five, six and seven. Whereas last year, even in game five, they threw their second consecutive bullpen game. It was the AJ Minter game where he actually pitched great, but it was three innings and they had to use their bullpen in full again with no days off. So it is yeah. definitely a better setup for Atlanta this time around, but hmm. I, it was just too eerie to not mention. Uh, my oh, apologies yeah. for saying it, but like it was just like striking when he said it. I was like, I guess that makes sense. It's been very similar. <laughs> We're uh, we are exercising all the demons this week, Brad. That's that's what I'm telling myself. Uh, you noted earlier they they finally won a game in Dodger Stadium. It was the first time since Ten July. In a row. July of 2018 was the last time they won, and before that, the only other game they had won was that weird night where. Uh, Jaime Garcia hit a grand slam. Do you remember that? That was like oh my 2016. God. I, I forgot until right now, but I do remember that now that you say it. Yes. Those those were the last two ends. I don't recall the game in 2018. Um, but yes, I mean, that's how much of a house of horrors Dodger Stadium has been. And we know how talented LA is and they have a limitless payroll and et cetera, et cetera. But the series is not over by any means. And I don't think any Braves fan would tell you that it's over but you were absolutely right and that things on paper look much better for this team this time around 
it's different. They're not playing in a basically empty stadium and just outside of Dallas. Um, they have Charlie Morton if they need him. They have Ian Anderson if they need him. They have Max Freed tomorrow, who has been as good as anyone. Uh, God, man, I just I just hope they close this out. And I, I don't think anyone wants to relive the horrors of games five, six, and seven from last year. And <laughs> let's just hope they're able to put this one away and and uh, and move on again. It's been what twenty two years since they've been to the World Series. Uh, wouldn't that be something? And, and I'm knocking on wood as I say this, but let, let's hope. I, I certainly think. Uh, all of the pieces are in place for them to get there finally. Absolutely. Um, and we're not going to do the doomsday stuff, as we said earlier. Uh, just some just some numbers to give you, as we uh, always would, so it's not out of the ordinary for us. Um, MLB teams are 75 and 14 all-time in series where they have a 3-1 lead. That's a good ratio. Um, Projection-wise, 538 gives the Braves an 81% chance to win the series. Fangraph says 80.2%. That actually strikes me as low. Uh, I'm not trying to jinx anything, I promise, but I actually was a little bit surprised to see how low that was. But it, it, it does kind of just go back to how much the projections and the market love the Dodgers. It just kind of always is that way and has been for, I mean, it's not wrong. They've been deep and really good for a long time. But um, I was a little bit surprised. I was thinking it was going to be closer to 90 on all of this stuff. Not that it matters really at all because it doesn't. But uh, I did sort of raise my eyebrows like, oh, that's actually yeah. lower than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it is. Um, and just on that note, so and uh, so confirm Justin Turner is basically done. Uh, grade two hamstring. Oh, he'll be um, gone. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like tomorrow, Dave Roberts said he's obviously he hasn't set his lineup or anything, but there are indications that Turner is likely done. They're, they're probably going to replace him on the roster. Uh, they will have not that it matters, but Albert Pujols will likely start at first base tomorrow. Uh, they will the Dodgers who have all kinds of center field problems, apparently. Um, OK, are, uh, <laughs> while, while we're here, uh, can we OK, I'm actually confused. Maybe you can tell me something that I don't understand. Uh, Gavin Lux, they've talked about this endlessly, how he's never played center field before. And he looks like it. He looks like he's never played center field before. Like he's, he's a middle infielder. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a former top prospect. Like, he's a really talented guy. He can hit. But they have Chris Taylor, who was starting. And Chris Taylor moved to center field in this game. And they have Cody Bellinger, who has played center field. Why are they playing Gavin Lux in center field? I don't I understand. Don't and and not for nothing, but Mookie Betts can play center field. Of course too. he can. I mean, like, yeah, this is insane. I mean, this is like the this would be the equivalent of the Braves opting to start uh Guillermo Heredia in center field and obviously it's not a perfect comparison but it's like you have all these other guys who could do it well it's, why? it's almost more silly like than that because at least Guillermo like has has a glove in center field like yeah it, it's more yeah. like the thing that's crazy to me is like they're they're seemingly choosing to put Gavin Lux in center rather than in a corner which doesn't make any sense like just if, if you're worried about the guy playing defense put him in put him in a corner like wh why would you want him to play center field I, yeah. I just it it's, defies it's all logic to me it's been a little bit of an odd series for the Dodgers and some of those. And again, we're not trying to jinx it. Trust us. But you know, some of those comments that Max Scherzer and Dave Roberts made um, after what was a game two that Scherzer basically came out and admitted, he's like, yeah, I wasn't hundred percent. I woke up with a dead arm. And it's like, well, if you know that, why wouldn't you change up your plans and start Walker Bueller who was on normal five days rest and switch him? It's just been an odd series. I don't know. Again, who knows? I mean, we, we're all hoping that uh, this thing closes out the way we want it to, but it has been an odd series for the Dodgers. I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, I wanted to. I, I meant to mention the uh, Gavin Lux thing earlier because I was. I've been getting texts from people that don't even. They're not like baseball diehards. They're just kind of like, "What's going on with the Dodgers center fielder? Is he just that? He's just. Is he just terrible? Like what's? It's, and it's like, well, no. He's he's a talented guy. He just doesn't know how to play center field. And they decided to throw him in center field for reasons. Um. All right, Scott. Well, we've we've covered a lot of ground here. Clearly, uh, it would be nice to end this thing on Thursday evening. Uh, if they don't have to come back to Atlanta. They have Friday off to travel, and then it's Saturday, Sunday at Truist, um, scheduled Game 6 and Game 7. We will have all kinds of content around that, both on the site and on this podcast. We've had a show every day, basically, between this show and the Daily Hammer for two weeks straight, maybe even longer than that. It's been a, uh, a nice outpouring of support and stuff on the show. I really appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. But if you if you have anything else to uh, share on this fine evening, other than the Braves leading 3-1 in the series, Scott, uh, feel free. And if not, yeah. people can find you where. Yeah, good to be on with you, Brad. I'm glad that uh, whenever we schedule these things, it's just, it's funny how it works out, how... In your face, Eric. ...continue to win. Clearly, they are inspired by my podcasting voice. Um, no, uh, thanks again to everybody who is, who's tuned in. This run has been really, really fun, and uh, we really do appreciate all the support. Uh, Scott Coleman 55 on the Twitter machine. I am also on post-game recap duties. I did it tonight on TalkingChop.com. I'm going to do it again tomorrow night. Wouldn't that be a fun one to uh, <laughs> to get to recap if it goes the way we want it to go? So, again, thanks, everyone. We really do appreciate the support. And, uh, Brad, it is it is late where you are, so I hope you're able to get some sleep. Uh, nah, no, no sleep in October. Basically, the last couple of seasons slash years, and that will continue. Uh, I also have, I have double duty on Thursday night. Uh, I will be in the building for the Hawks season opener on national TV against Dallas. So I will be watching the Braves on the second screen in the building. Then I will come back and record two podcasts. One of them will be with probably you. And uh, we'll have lots of fun, hopefully. Uh, hopefully it's not a disastrous night at the office for either one, either either team. But most importantly, the Braves, because the Hawks can afford to lose tomorrow in the Braves. Uh, a, little, a little bit more of a high-profile game. But alas, thank you for joining me, as always, my friend. One more time, I ask everyone to subscribe to the podcast. If you are... Already subscribe. You can do it again on, on a different platform, or you can download old episodes. You can resubscribe and unsubscribe and game the system. I am not above asking for that. So if you are just bored one day and want to click around on some old on some old podcasts, that helps us. Honestly, I don't know why it helps us, but yeah, it does. go back and listen to our uh, our trade deadline podcast. Sure, just click. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even upset. Like there are, there are podcast players where you can just like click, walk away, and it'll it'll just stream through podcasts. Uh, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm also kind of not. So. Please support the show however you however you choose to do so. And sincerely, everybody, thank you for listening. We'll be back after Game 5 on Thursday evening. We'll see you next time.